Welcome to Well Maybe, a podcast about our communication and leadership. I am your host, Breon Fraction, along with Alan Ward, consultants and strategists, and just two ordinary guys in the world of workplace and community engagement. Communication is exciting for me because I fell at it so much. I know that I need to get better at communicating with other people. Communicating with myself sometimes can be dangerous territory. So today, what we want to focus on is assumptions and what are intentions behind uh, some of those assumptions? Well, I appreciate you bringing this conversation up, Breon. Assumptions are those things that we all tend to do. And I think most of the time we know that it's a dangerous area to go in or go down. And yet we seem to do it anyway. Um, assumptions, of course, can come both in positive ways and in negative ways, although we tend to assume towards the negative for some reason. And I'd like to explore that a little bit um, with you to see why you think that might be. So maybe that's just where we can start. Um, why do we assume and... Why are those assumptions oftentimes negative? Well, first, let's not assume that everyone knows the definition of assumption. I'm going to read the definition of assumption because I, I really don't want to assume that everyone clearly even know, right? So if we're talking about people making assumptions and jumping to conclusions about why we're bringing things up, then I think it's safe that we also let people know what, what assumptions are. So assumption is a thing that is accepted as true or as certain to happen without proof. So what pops out to me is accepted as true and certain. So we have this belief that something is true based on what's presented to us, and oftentimes those beliefs are inaccurate. Right. Something that we talked about before is most people are hearing something based off of their history, based off of things that they've heard before, based off of their experience, experience growing up, their current experiences, the way that they interact in a community, the way that they interact at work. Assumptions are built off of all of those things. What you're talking about is our experiences that have led us to this point. Exactly. We tend to base how we think today on the experiences that we've had in our past. And that's actually a good thing. I think it's a natural thing for us to learn from our past and both in positive and negative situations in the past. And that colors how we view things in the moment. The difficulty with that is that sometimes we tend to jump the gun, so to speak. We make those assumptions based on limited information, which leads us down a path that we feel like is familiar to us. And so then we make this jump that it will take us to the same conclusion. And I think that's where the difficulty in this lies. I think Making assumptions is a very common thing for us to do as human beings. And it's also a dangerous thing for us to do. Uh, oftentimes our assumptions are accurate. Um, if I see a lion walking down the street, I'm going to have an assumption that it's dangerous for me to be out there. And so I need to make behavior modification so that I don't get eaten by the lion, right? Right. 
Um, that's assuming something that is factual. That's a fact, and I think this probably will go into the conversation about what's fact, what's opinion, what's people choose. Right? I know that a, a lion is dangerous. It's okay for me to assume that if I'm walking down the street and a lion is in the street, that lion could do something to harm me. Sure. Now, is it safe for me to assume, we, we were talking about going to a country town, right? I, I won't name that country town. And you ask a question to me, is it the culture, basically? Is it, is it the culture um, that keeps you from, from liking that place? Is that an assumption? It would be the culture. I may not like going to that place because I don't like what it looks like. I don't like the country roads. I, I may be fearful of driving through the mountains and things like that. Is it safe to make the assumption that because it's a country town and maybe that I'm black? I don't know. Is it the culture? Well, and I can't answer that, um, which is why I posed the question. Mm -hmm. It was a question coming from a position of inquiry. I didn't know, and I was probing to find out if that might be what it was. But I asked that specific question because I had a preconceived notion that that might be what it was, mm -hmm. which comes from an assumption. Which comes from an assumption. I believe what helps in those types of situations is, is what you just said. I'm asking the question. The dangerous piece could be that you make the assumption within the question. Is it the culture? Instead of asking the question, what is it that keeps you from liking the town? Instead right. of, you know. So what I'm hearing you say then is that by asking the question the way I did, I might be leading you in that direction versus just asking a, a question to let you respond however it would be appropriate for you to feel like you should respond. And that happens a lot is we ask questions, but we kind of lead the questions and we make assumptions while we're asking the questions. So if we're talking about how do we effectively communicate Sometimes we have to think about not sh just stripping down how we're thinking. We also have to strip down the question. Well, I think you make a really good point. And using this example, perhaps it would have been better for me just to simply ask you, why do you feel uncomfortable going there? Yeah. Coming from a therapy background, man, it used to get drilled in my head. Don't use why to ask a question. Use what? tell me more about the reason, tell me this or share this. Because people make assumptions even with why. People get defensive um, if you ask them why. Why are you, don't, why are you asking me this? What, why are you asking like that? Now what I'm hearing you say is that tone and voice inflection makes a difference in how you ask this question. Tone, voice inflection, I mean, how you dress your question up, which falls back to intention. Well, let me ask you this then. Is there an assumption from the person who's receiving the question that when I ask why, that I have an agenda behind it? Maybe Because so. if I say, why, why did you choose to do this? I'll probably get defensive. Exactly. So, and what would make you get defensive? Because you're questioning me now. I see. Right. So again, there's a lot of underlying pieces to this communication, right? Most of which falls under the umbrella of assumption. 
if we want to be good teachers and good coaches of communication, we have to be very aware of tone, inflection, but more importantly, we have to be careful with how we're asking the question. To be honest, how many of us ask questions without intention? Oh, I think that happens all the time. You're not going to ask me a question if you don't have an intention. Don't you want to know an answer from me? Well, maybe. I think sometimes we ask a question because we have an intention behind it. Which doesn't have which to be has, bad. Correct. It doesn't have to be bad. But I think we're asking a question because we have some type of intention behind it. But for us to assume that we know what that intent uh, intention is, is part of the issue, right? Again, it's an assumption. Am I asking the question because I don't know and I'm generally looking for information that I do not have? Or am I asking a question because really my intent is to encourage you in a particular way or to advocate for something, someone, some... Let's strip it down. Let's, let's unpack it. Sometimes we get surprised. You know, I think of I think of my experiences as a parent, you know, as I was uh, raising my kids with my wife and we have a son and a daughter that are 11 months apart. And through the, the years that uh, they lived at home and were going through school and um, all the different times that they would come home from school and tell us a particular story of what happened or it could have been anything. But over time, we learn their personalities, we learn their nuances, we learn how they communicate. And so we begin to start to make assumptions about how they're going to react to certain situations. So I found myself in a number of times beginning to cut them off when they would tell me something because I knew in my mind how this was going to end before we ever even got to the end. And I had a very enlightening conversation with my son years ago when he called me out on it. And he said, Dad, you're assuming you know what I'm going to say and how this is going to go. Yeah, but but I raised that's you, not dude. how I... it's going that's not how it's going to go. And that's, that's he tricky, even yeah. he even told me, and I give him a lot of credit. And he he said, "I don't feel like you're listening to me. I feel like you're judging me based on what has happened in the past." Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely right. I, I was guilty of doing exactly what he said I was doing. So he was absolutely right, but were you wrong? Well, I was wrong because yeah. What were you wrong about? Yeah, there were several things I was doing incorrectly. I was not being good in my communication skills in several ways. Number one, I was making assumptions about what he was going to tell me and how he was going to respond to what he was dealing with. Because you're used to it? Because my experience told me that that's how he had handled other similar situations. Mm-hmm. So I think my assumptions are reasonable and yet wrong at the same time. That made me think about when we change how we respond. For example, your son, you were so used to him responding a certain way to situations. Sometimes we don't give people the right to change. Sometimes when people change how they respond, we respond negatively to it. 
Like, sure, sure we do. Like, dude, I mean, you've always done it this way. What's new today? Or now you're mad at me because I assumed this, but this is how you you've always been. We're even taught that the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. Mm-hmm. So I think it is very natural for us to make assumptions based on past behavior. Again, I think it's natural. I think it's human. And I think at times it's dangerous and it's wrong. And I think we have to be aware of that. We have to be cognitive of our own biases. And that's one of them. We all have them. We, we all can recognize that, hey, I've been down this road with this person in this conversation you know, more times than I care to count. I know how this is going to end. But the question we have to really ask ourselves in that moment is, do we really know? We think we know. Our experience takes us down that road. But are we giving them the benefit of the doubt? And I think oftentimes the answer is no, we're not. And I'm as guilty of this yeah, as anyone I else. I, we're all we're all guilty of it. And I do believe that we're guilty of it. And I still have to argue that when I make that assumption, that somewhere in there, we've been taught to interact with people this way. We've been taught to base how we're thinking off of experience and history. I think this goes back to the beginning of man. I go back to my analogy earlier about the lion in the road. Originally, we had to have these assumptions to keep us alive, mm-hmm. right? You know, in caveman days, it was really about staying alive. I need food. I need clothing. I need shelter. And I need to stay alive. So we had to make these assumptions in order to do that, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, I think the lion is going to hurt me, and I've got to protect myself from that. So so that's where this comes from. it's It's very foundational to us as human beings. But fast forward from those days into today's culture, and we begin to see how some of those things really make it difficult. I'll certainly call them hurdles to good communication that make it difficult for us to really truly suspend our judgments and give people the respect to suspend our thinking long enough to hear them out and to see if what we think might happen actually does, or maybe this is that unique time that it doesn't. So shut up until you get the full story or you hear everything that someone is saying. I think that's, yeah, Yeah, that's the layman's layman's terms, right? And and listen, and it's so hard because it goes back to, man, I know this person. This is how this person reacts. I've seen them do this over and over because I find myself doing that in relationships with people. I know you. I know you. I know how you react. I know you without giving them a, a chance to um, present something different. Alan, I'm, I'm accountable for my piece. All right. Now, what about let's go back to your situation at work or with your son? What are they accountable for? Because here's the thing. I'm listening. I'm using what is natural to me while trying to be this new age human we're required to be. So I make this assumption and I'm wrong. Okay. We get it. I'm wrong. 
and I say I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. What is the other person accountable to? Well, they're accountable to having good conversation in the moment to recognize that there was a rift in the communication, right? So part of being a good communicator is not just getting out your story. Part of it is recognizing when there are breakdowns in the communication and rectifying them in the moment. And that's really hard to do. It takes a lot of other elements like humility, like an awareness that, hey, this isn't going well and we need to just, to use an old uh, euphemism, nip it in the bud, right? Mm -hmm. We we need to recognize that, hey, this isn't going well and let's let's right the ship in the moment Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't carry us down a path that goes really way far down and gets worse and worse as you go. That takes you know? that takes humility. And not only does that take humility, what I've been told also is people process information differently. What I mean by that is if we're talking, you and I, and we're going back and forth, I'm processing that information as you're talking. Not that I'm trying to answer the question, but I'm making it make sense to me so that when I need to respond, that I'm able to respond to it. What I've been told is I need a little bit more time to process this information. And me being the person that I am, it, that can be really hard for me. Oh, I because, think it can be hard for a lot of us. Right, because I want you to be on that same, you know, wavelength as me. You know, we're going back and forth. We're we're sharing information. Um, okay, I made an assumption about you. What I need you to do is to be able to hear my assumption, hear my apology, and hear my intention, and then also be accountable for your piece in this, knowing that I'm judging you off of historical data on and on, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And and keep in mind, these conversations happen happen in milliseconds, right? We're constantly having conversations with people in and out of our days, and we never know whenever it's going to be a, a conversation that went awry that kind of started to go down a path that wasn't really our intention until the moment hits and that's what's happening and identification of that early is really key to the process the other piece is to say hey we're not where we needed to be let's let's identify this get it right make sure we're okay um and move forward both with an understanding of what our intentions are and that we really hear and understand one another. And I, I think that's part of what doesn't happen often, often enough. We know environments affect how people respond and engage with one another. What are some of the top things that people should be aware of when communicating with people to make sure that assumptions are not guiding um, their conversations? That's a great question. The first thing that comes to my mind, and I really want to hear your thoughts on this as well, but the first thing that comes to my mind is relationships matter. And if it's someone who knows me very well, like my children or my spouse, that's when it's most likely that those assumptions will occur because they have, going back to your point, they have more data than anyone else. I've been married to my wife for a nearly 28 years. She's got a lot of history to pull from. So it's very natural that she would expect me to respond how I would have normally done in 28 years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if I do something different, that's going to be a surprise. So those relationships are the hardest because we have natural inclinations for what to expect with those people. It's a little easier whenever you don't have that type of closeness in the relationship. Be that as it may, we have a responsibility if our goal is to be good communicators that we recognize this possibility and we address it as soon as it happens. And we do so from a standpoint of humility and really how do we articulate to the other person that this, this communication isn't working as well as it should. Because immediately when we start to bring that up, it brings up other assumptions. Right. It, it can start it can start an argument. Sure. It, it and it starts dirty. to snowball, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, you're not listening to me and I'm not listening to you. And we're basically in a debate and we're getting nowhere. So that's what we don't want. We want to, again, make sure that we check our emotions because we know from previous conversations that if emotions are out of whack, then the logic is not there. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we check our emotions. We want to make sure we have good intentions and we want to make sure that we try to articulate to one another in such a way that we know what our intentions are, that we want to have good communication and we want to be on the same page. Now, this has nothing to do with whether or not we agree or disagree with what we're talking about. That's a content issue, and we're not mm-hmm. talking about that at all. That's good. We're talking about making sure that we follow a logical process in our communication, and when it breaks down, we address it. It's about the content. I agree with you. I also want to add that we just have to be mentally healthy. If we're going to be in good conversation with other people, we have to make sure that we have good mental health. And what that means is that we're working on our emotional intelligence and that we're improving on how we are able to regulate our emotions. And and we're dealing with our messiness from our past and messiness may be currently going on with us. If I want to have a good conversation and I know that those conversations aren't always going to go how I need them to or how I want them to, then I need to make sure that I'm in a healthy place. And I would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, wholeheartedly. And I think that's both parties or whoever's involved in those interactions. That's what that's truly what we need to be accountable to. It, well, it, again, we've said it before, but it begins with ourselves, mm-hmm. right? I have to deal with me. If I'm not in a good place, I need to make sure that I figure out a way to get myself in a good place because I'm not going to be able to be a good communicator with somebody else if I'm struggling internally internally with my my own own stuff. stuff. As we close, I want to thank you for joining Well Maybe. If you enjoyed honest conversation, applauded unpolished responses, and appreciated humor, or you just wanted some great practical advice about communication and leadership, this is the podcast for you. Hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications. Send your questions and responses to wellmaybepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And let's connect next week for some fun and entertaining growing together. Until next time. Signing out.